everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April. And as always, I'm looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, here I am celebrating uh, one year of the pandemic. Jeez, sad, huh? Well, hopefully- maybe, maybe I shouldn't say celebrating, but uh, I don't I don't know. Like, I mean, that was enduring. Like, enduring would be mine. If you're- well, yeah, it was like a big thing, you know, like every news outlet publication, whatever, had to do some kind of retrospective or, you know, one year ago today, the Utah Jazz, you know, whatever, all of that stuff. And I, I you know, I, I really didn't participate in much of it. It's like, yeah, I mean, what? So what? It's it's been a year. Um <laughs> Yeah, it really has. I mean, I didn't get into the retrospectives as much too, although I had, did do some reflection on how the years changed changed things. Now, you would argue it hasn't changed as much for you perhaps than it has but for me, but and neither of us have little kids and I think it's changed a lot for that type of parent who's trying to deal with that juggling, which sounds like hell. I would've been terrible at that trying to work and, you know, oversee a third graders math class, you know, that would have been a complete fail. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little hopeful. So I think we talked about this last time, but hopefully with vaccinations around the corner and at my advanced age, I'm, I'm up pretty soon to get mine. (laughs) So um, hopefully, you know, in a few months, it'll be, you know, uh, things will be a little bit back. I already feel like things are a little bit back to normal. Um, I think the weather getting warmer, I, you know, for me over the past couple of weeks, I feel like that has changed things for me more than I imagine the vaccine is going to. Cause like back to your point about what's changed and what's not. I think the other thing with me is that some of the changes I've actually embraced a little bit more. Um, and some of them I haven't, uh, but I, like you said, for some people, they've had a lot of changes that they have no desire to embrace. Um, so, so for me, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay, but it's been really nice that it's been warming up a little bit and, and that can, you know, get me out of the house, you know, that type of thing. So I, I think that adds to the feeling of hope. That helps for sure. Although we had a cold snap here this week, it went from a week in the sixties to all of a sudden back in the teens, twenties, it was very depressing, but I think we're on the upswing again which is good. And the virus doesn't like warm weather. So that's, um, that's good. And that's one of the reasons why crazy Florida is not, no offense to my Floridian listeners, but um, is doing uh, as well as they are with the virus with no restrictions whatsoever is because it doesn't live well in that environment down there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, to our substance of the uh of the podcast today you have a new study on yes uh, on uh, a relatively traditional subject uh the help desk um it's both traditional and absolutely necessary and uh we we can't dispense with it so uh, i found the data interesting and i thought you could give us a little rundown and we can chat yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting um, that as for as traditional as this one is, I think we've had people, you know, from within CompTIA coming to us over the years asking, you know, do you have data on this or that, you know, type of help desk topic? And you know, outside of the some of the things that we've done with our A plus certification, we've never run a study on help desk, uh, and it just sort of hit me that hey, well, maybe we should. Um, and I think we mentioned this when we were talking about your MSP study, 
but not all of our studies this year are turning into a full report. We're still collecting the data and we're, we're looking through it, but you know, we're not writing up the report. And this is another one of those. So this data is out on SlideShare. I'll include the link to that so that people can check out all the different data points. Uh, but it was interesting to, to go through it. I think especially because there's there's this narrative around emerging technology and things are changing, whatever. And and I, I, I think that we within research have been kind of pushing against that a little bit over the past couple of years and saying, you know, maybe the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I think that this help desk data kind of underlines that point. Yeah, I would agree. I think I like the more things change, the more they stay the same, because I, th I think that's true. Um, the need for, you know, help desk and support, I think, since we were just talking about the pandemic has probably um, escalated uh, because there are more people who are working from home, like masses of them now, where it's actually probably changed the functional um, process within a help desk, uh, which may have been quite different when the majority of an employee base is working within the confines of a headquarters or an office. Um, in you know, the help desk people will hate that I say this, but you know, it's easy to run down the hallway sometimes with your laptop and saying something's wrong, uh, where they probably would like you to put a ticket in. But still, uh, having not having the ability for the uh, help desk to look at your machine, um, if it's a hardware issue in particular, uh, because there's all these people working remotely. I mean, that's had to have changed the landscape. It's a new little narrative that we have. It might, you know, it may not last forever, but it's definitely something that I, I can imagine uh, help desk employees have dealt with over the past year. Yeah, I think to, to back up, we'll, we'll get into the work from home stuff a little bit more, but to back up from that, uh, to start with, I, I think the first thing that I noticed in the data here is a combination of a couple data points. You know, one, we asked companies, do you feel like you want technology to be a core competency or is it something that is not core to your business? And so you want to outsource it. You want to, you know, free up your internal resources to be doing the core of the business. And 40% of companies said that they are still, or maybe not still, but they are expecting that technology becomes a core competency for them. And that was higher than I was expecting. And I, I think what that reflects is this shift to strategic IT. So, so when IT was tactical and many of the parts of, of IT operations were very routine, I think it was heading towards kind of a commodity thing. And I think that in that sense, companies were saying, we don't wanna be spending our time doing these things. But I think now that we've had this transition to technology being strategically important to a company, companies are saying, no, we want to invest in it. If it's going to be strategically important, we want to hold on to at least some of those pieces. And we're, you know, we're going to outsource where we uh, still make sense for us, but we really need to focus on technology. And I think the help desk is right in the crosshairs for that, that if technology is going to be something that's making the workforce productive, then you need your help desk to be functioning at a very high level. Um, and, and it's not just going to be fixing a broken laptop you know, or whatever, or, or resetting a password. Uh, it, it's going to be resolving issues that are growing more and more complex uh, and, and, and helping the business stay afloat. And, and so I think that you know, companies are 
changing the expectations that they have of the help desk. And that's even before you get into the pandemic. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that the dynamic that at least some some of your data shows and some of the data that I have from uh, studies about managed services and other channel types is that there's a bit of a hybrid thing going on with help desk, uh, especially for small companies where um, outsourcing the basic level, if you will, um, types of services that a help desk provides. And, it, you know, aforementioned, you know, fixing your password or your laptop or, you know, various network duties that are required, um, updating, you know, patch management, that sort of thing. You can think about it in a hybrid model as many companies are willing to outsource those sorts of duties. And in the MSP study I just did, you know, the help desk services were was still and remains in many studies I've done over the years, um, right at the top of what is offered by MSPs. But to your point, then that, if those sort of operations are outsourced, that does free up the internal help desk to elevate to the much more higher level sophisticated type of services that may be going on, projects that may be going on, things that need to be dealt with within the organization as they add emerging technology, for instance, or, uh, or other types of things. So, you know, the, the idea that the help desk is just sort of this table stakes base level thing, I think is changing. And I think you're right. Yeah, we saw a pretty even split between companies using internal uh, at resources and a blend of internal and external. There are very few companies that use exclusively external resources for their help desk. Uh, but I, I think you're right. It's it's part of that balancing act. And to kind of close the, the loop and get back to what effect the pandemic has had, I, I think a lot of help desks have had to react differently during this time. Some parts of that probably aren't going to have to carry forward. So like, if you can imagine the hardware stuff, you're very remote, you know, from, from the office. So when you have a hardware problem, it has to become like a shipping issue, you know, whatever. But for me, even though I'm going to switch to working permanently from home, if I have a laptop issue and I reach out to them and they say, Hey, do you want to drive up here this afternoon and grab a loaner? I'm probably going to do that. Right. So even the, you know, the shift to work from home, um, once offices are open, you know, might, might not change some of those logistical things, you know, quite as drastically, but I think making, you know, me or you or anyone who's working from home productive does still weigh on them. And I think that becomes a a bigger issue. Well, I think that's a good way to pivot into what I find interesting is how important um, the customer experience and the customers are, are the employees is, um, with respect to the help desk. So you just offered up an alternative. Like I have a, you know, if I have a hardware problem, the way it gets resolved is gonna be very different from you who can drive to the office, for instance. And so there are multiple ways, and I know you have this in the data, just multiple ways to interact and accommodate your constituency, if you will, again, um, by the help desk. And, you know, we did a study last year, obviously on customer experience. We talked about that a lot and it is important to have sort of an omni-channel approach and have a way for the help desk to uh, take care and resolve problems and issues in multiple ways for the various employees they have. And I think that that's something is going to be sort of the, uh, the gold standard for what you would consider a good help desk versus a not so good help desk. 
Um, and I don't think we've ever talked about it in the terms of customer experience before, really. I do think that customer experience is probably, uh, you know, of the skill sets that we're talking about for help desk technicians. I, I think that's the one that's really rising to the top as being uh, a new type of skill for them. And like I said at the beginning, we, we've got all these narratives around emerging technology and, and the way that things are changing. I, I think that when you look at the data in the aggregate um, across all types of companies, all sizes, all industries, all of these things, a lot of the technical skills that are needed are still the foundational skills. Uh, and especially as it's becoming more strategic, you have to be really, really good at those foundational skills. It's not like you can be okay at the foundational skills and then be moving into, you know, whiz bang artificial intelligence stuff uh, with, with ticketing and, and all of that. Um, so I think a lot of companies, you know, have a need to continue to build those foundational skills and, and some of the newer technical skills, you know, are, are probably nice to have. But I do think that customer experience is one that's coming into demand for all companies, that, that they need the, the overall experience to be better uh, because they, they can't have you know, employees getting hung up and they don't want employees doing workarounds. Uh, and, and there's a lot of expectation built in to how technical problems get resolved these days. And that, that's probably going to take some investment. Um, technology working smoothly is not necessarily a cheap thing. No. I wonder about automation, and I'm curious your thoughts. Like how much of help desk-related activities could be reasonably automated by companies and not require the human interaction? Yeah, I think, I think a good chunk of it can, and we asked specifically about automation. And so like the top thing that companies said they were automating was status updates so that they've got systems set up so that as somebody's working on a ticket, as progress is being made, that's automatically giving a status update. Uh, and then I think that kind of serves two purposes. You know, for one, it doesn't take the technician's time to have to, you know, stop solving the problem type up a quick note, you know, and shoot it off to the user on the user and it gives them an idea of what's going on. Uh, and so I think that type of automation turns into kind of a win-win. Um, password reset is another, you know, really interesting one that, you know, most of us on, on the consumer sites that we use, you know, our shopping sites or whatever, you know, we can reset our password automatically. In a lot of corporate settings, that capability isn't there. Uh, and I think that, you know, companies could look at why that is. There's obviously differences between enterprise technology and consumer technology, um, but are there ways to automate that? Um, I, I think I believe the password reset is maybe the, the, the top ticket that, that gets submitted to help desks across the world. So if you can automate that, now all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've sped up your process, you've taken, taken away a, a routine menial task from, from technicians. So I, I think there's a lot of things that can be automated, which again, whenever we talk about automation, I think it's really important to point out that when we automate these things, we're not taking away the help desk technician. We're asking them to do more valuable things. Yeah, I would agree there that it is in a either or sort of thing. And, and in many cases you'd be um, bumping a, the human person on the help desk up to working on more strategic types of things. 
So that, like you said, is a win-win. And as far as passwords go, Seth, um, I don't go a day without having to reset one or two of something that I'm doing. I'm not even talking my corporate password. I'm talking every consumer one that I have. It is a nightmare. I wish someone could help me with that. Do you, this is, this is a total aside now, but do you use a password manager? Like last I don't, please help me. One of these days you're going to show me how to do that because it's, 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 it's tedious and awful. And I have a certain role of ones that I use and I keep going through them and it, it, I, yeah, don't get me going, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's another thing that um, a lot of companies are looking at is, you know, password managers within the enterprise setting um, so that people aren't (laughs) writing their passwords on post-it notes. Yeah, I try not to write them down, but you know, my I, I also I do a really poor job of keeping them in my head too. So it's uh, it's it's not a good thing. So I wanted to touch just on since CompTIA does a lot of training, we you know we are very much gung ho on there are lots of technology jobs that don't require a four year degree necessarily at the entry level. Um, would you put most help desk types of work in that bucket and and you know, what are your thoughts about then the um, the career path that goes beyond help desk? If someone you know um, chooses the, to move you know forward up up the chain, um, would they then need to have much more training and potentially go back to school that sort of thing in order to do so? You know, we have all our certifications and all of that, and I feel like those are sufficient to get someone an entry level job to get into help desk. Definitely. Yeah. I I think there are two parts of this discussion. You know, one is coming in and on on the entry level, I think this is still, you know, by far the the best entry level position in technology. Um, And the the requirements for that entry level have changed a little bit. It used to be very heavily focused on infrastructure uh, and operating systems and end user hardware and those types of things. And there's still that focus but now they definitely have to know a little bit more, quite a bit more probably about uh, software applications, cybersecurity and data. Uh, and, and so I think there's a little bit of jack of all trades thing you know, going on there where a, a little knowledge across all of those areas is helpful as you're working with these business systems that cross all of these areas. Uh, so I think it's still an outstanding entry level position. And yeah, to your point, you know, ITF, plus and A plus out of our certification portfolio do a great job of preparing somebody to be a help desk technician. Once you're in that position, the, the typical pathway was into infrastructure. So you would go from being a help desk technician into a network administrator or a, a server administrator. And one of the most interesting things that came out of this study is that companies are saying that they are sending their help desk technicians into careers across all four of the IT pillars. So definitely still infrastructure, but also into software development, also into cybersecurity, also into data. It, it actually shows uh, that, that cybersecurity and data um, are kind of leading the pack there. And I think that's just because companies are exploring those positions a little bit more. Um, I would guess that infrastructure is probably still the most natural one, but I think you can get there from the other three because you have to have a little bit of foundational knowledge just to get there. And and then once you've been doing the help desk job for a while, uh, moving into 
any of those three areas, actually moving into any of those four areas requires a little bit of additional work. And so, you know, talking about it from our certification standpoint, if you were to move into infrastructure and you had already taken ITF plus and A plus, you would probably want to take, you know, either net plus and or server plus, and then that would begin moving you up the stack. If you were moving into software development, cybersecurity, or data, you would have to do extra work to pick up the specialized knowledge there. You're probably not just going to get the knowledge on the job. I think there has to be some proactive work there, and maybe the company you know, can help you out with that professional development. But there's definitely a pathway there, and I think that's really good news. Yeah, I like that. It's really... Um, it's. It, there's an on-ramp here. You know, you can start here. I like to see any career um, or profession that has a natural trajectory to, to it. And you can start at various points, even if it's the very beginning and begin to move your way up or left or right, whichever you want to do. Um, and, and, and help desk is certainly one of those. Uh, I am sure that we could find a lot of people out there who are now at sort of the upper echelons of a technology job at a corporation who will tell you that they started as a help desk technician, right? Which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of lot of potential here. I'm really glad that we looked into this. Uh, and, and I think that we've got a good foundation of data now that if we want to look into this into the future, we can, we can begin digging into some of these topics even a little deeper. Yeah, agreed. And you said we've got this all on SlideShare, right? Yep. Yep. I'll post the link so people can check out the data for themselves. And uh, I think some of the groups in CompTIA are going to be doing some content based off of the data. So keep an eye out for that too. Excellent. Well, good topic. Nice job. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy the warmer weather. I will. You too. And I'm going to, I'm actually going to enjoy the return of NCAA tournament as well. Oh gosh, I I forgot about that. Yeah, your your Wildcats aren't in it, so I figured it wasn't under I actually I, I did know that because I, I was told the other day that they were um they didn't make it. Um yeah. I don't get too disappointed. I attended that university back when they didn't win anything in any sport at all. So that's just sort of like what I got used to. And um and so if they win anything, I get you know, it's a big it's a bonus every right. once in a while every once in a while since then. But um but yeah, we'll have fun watching basketball. Are they allowing uh, people in the stands or is it going to be the cardboard cutouts? I am actually not sure. I know it's all happening in Indianapolis, I think. I, I actually haven't even they're looked at it. The they're doing a bubble thing? Sort of, yeah. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I know the, the conference tournaments had uh, some teams dropping out because uh, of positive cases. And so it'd be really interesting to see if the same thing happens with this one. Yeah, it's been a dicey thing for um, to navigate with these large um, sporting events, but hopefully it goes on so that you have something to enjoy in your off time. My, my amusement is uh, the key thing here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, we will talk soon. All right, take care. Yeah, bye.